a vegan is easier than ever. Even fast food chains can help. If I told you that seven years ago, eight years ago, I could have gotten a vegan burger at Burger King, I would have thought I was nuts. Today on Points North, another story about dramatic life change from our Red Pine radio team. Plus, a busy spot near Sleeping Bear Dunes is being eyed for development. It's just upstream from a kayak launch on the Crystal River, and the idea is not getting a warm welcome from neighbors. Also, making high-tech toys available to kids. That's coming up on Points North from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Noelle Riley. People looking for a scenic shallow river to paddle in northern Michigan often find the Crystal River. It flows through Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore before reaching Glen Arbor. And it's as clear as its name. Now, a businessman in Glen Arbor wants to buy $4.5 million worth of property on the Crystal River, including the Crystal Harbor Marina, just upstream from the boat launch. And the idea has raised an outcry in the community. Jakob Wheeler publishes the Glen Arbor Sun and has been writing about the proposal. He joined me in studio earlier this week. Welcome to the show, Jakob. Hey, Noel. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, Jakob, what is going on? Connor McCahill, the McCahill family, real estate developers, which also owns On the Narrows Marina, kind of at the Narrows Bridge between Big Glen Lake and Little Glen Lake and have a marina there. They want to purchase the Crystal Harbor Marina. This is at a ecologically sensitive and loved spot right on Fisher Lake. The McCahill family wants to redevelop and build a new marina, a state-of-the-art marina. Current marina is wooden and old and antiquated. They also want to build uh, housing units. They want to build 14 high-end homes right on Fisher Lake, uh, condos, high-end condos with parking spaces, and 12 what they're calling affordable or workforce housing units as well. Okay, let's talk about the workforce housing first. What did people say last week? There was a meeting on January 2nd, Mm -hmm. last Thursday, about this in particular, where the McCahills came in and talked to the public about it. What are people saying about the workforce housing versus the high-end housing? Some said that, you know, given the very seasonal nature of the need for employment in Glen Arbor, it's the summer and the fall seasons, really, attempt to build affordable housing year-round. Another point of opposition was uh, was questioning how the McHales could keep these units affordable, given that they're so close to the high-end units, so close to the water, market the market would seem to uh, the market would seem to indicate that these sure. could go for much more than affordable prices sure absolutely okay and so when people were talking about just the development of housing in general what were they saying a lot of the opposition and those who spoke up on January 2nd in the evening um, were those are neighbors who live on Fisher Lake who live on the Crystal River um, and they were very concerned of the the density this could bring to a small body of water. Okay. And, you know, I understand that McKay Hill will have to go through a bunch of different processes as he looks at this proposed development that he wants. Once he gets approval from the state regulators, he'll have to go to the Glen Arbor Township. What is your sense of what they will do with this? I don't know yet. I talked to, I talked to an official at Eagle. It's unclear to me how likely it is that Eagle would would let this go forward or whether he'd have to scale back the plan. But certainly they'd have to get permission from Eagle, state state permission. They'd have to get permission from the Leelanau County Road Commission because they're putting in 
parking spots. Inevitably, as was also pointed out on January 2nd, there would need to be overflow parking probably on the public roads, on Dunn's Farm Road, on Fisher Road, and then they would formally go to the Glen Arbor Planning Commission, which if they approve it, it would go to the Township Board for a vote. And there's going to be opposition, public opposition, a lot of it um, throughout this. This is going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, and this is just the infancy of it. Mm-hmm. And then, Jakob, my last question for you is why should people care about this if you don't live in Glen Arbor? If you, in our region, if you're not right where this is happening, why, why is this of importance to anyone outside of that area? Yeah, I think this is a microcosm of a much, 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 much bigger story, which is probably a northern Michigan-wide story. We live in an amazingly beautiful place. The best thing we have going for us is our nature, the fine line of whether to preserve or develop. You know, that's that's a lot of what I my newspaper covers. That's a lot of what the most substantive debates around here are about, to develop or to preserve. And this, this is a microcosm of that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us in studio today, Jakob. Thank you. Now, we reached out to Connor McCahill, but he didn't return calls for comment. And now, another story of big change for a new decade. John Vickamolder of Frankfurt was overweight most of his adult life, but a few years ago, a book changed all that. Red Pine Radio producer Leslie Hamp caught up with John at one of his favorite places to eat. I'm at a local Burger King with John Vickamolder of Frankfurt. He's a fan of the Impossible Burger, a plant-based burger that on this day has been ordered as often as the Whopper Beef Burger. I would like one impossible burger. Me or just a sandwich? Just a sandwich. And is there anything special about the sandwich? Yes, I would like that. No mayo. No mayonnaise. We sit down before we eat our burgers, and I asked John to tell me about the pivotal moment that inspired the leap into a vegan lifestyle. My primary care physician suggested I have a test for my heart, and I went to a cardiologist, and he wanted me to come in for possibly a stent. And I told an old friend of mine, a retired physician, what was happening, and he said, before you do that, why don't you read the China study? Dr. Colin Campbell, author of the China study, says adopting a plant-based diet dramatically reduces the risk of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. John ate meat all the time. Chicken sandwiches and burgers for lunch, grilled meat for dinner, lots of butter on everything. Was it difficult to jump into a vegan diet? I did it in one day, but I'm kind of that type of type A personality. Has it been challenging? Only getting food, but here we are at Burger King, and if I told you that seven years ago, eight years ago, I could have gotten a vegan burger at Burger King, I would have thought I was nuts. So what do you eat? Beans, rice, tofu, vegetables, salads. I start the day every day with cut up fruit, oatmeal, and cinnamon. John typically walks 12,000 steps each day, works out on a rowing machine, and meets one-on-one with a personal trainer twice a week. Last summer, he biked more than 1,000 miles. What's changed in your life since you embraced veganism? I'm down from my peak about 75 to 80 pounds, and the initial 50 pounds pretty much just melted off with diet. And as the weight melted away, so did John's risk of becoming a type 2 diabetic. 
When he saw his doctor last spring, the doctor took that diagnosis off his chart. How else has your life changed since you've adopted a vegan lifestyle? Well, I've become insufferable around some of my friends. I can tell that. And what do you mean by that? Well, I, I tend to proselytize more than I should. That doesn't mean I won't eat a piece of meat. You know, if I'm at a friend's and they're having a dinner party and there's meat included, I'll have a small piece. I'm not a purist in this. Do you feel like you're a different person inside and out? Yes, I feel better about myself my self-image because of the weight loss. Weight has been a battle my whole life. Now it isn't. We should enjoy our Impossible Burgers. I Is think there that's any? a great idea. Let's have you open that. How is it? It tastes like a burger. And that's what it should taste like. For Interlochen Public Radio, I'm Leslie Hamp. Libraries around the region are making science fun for kids. It's part of an effort to make science and technology more accessible to youth in the Grand Traverse region. A local nonprofit called Newton's Road is giving libraries high-tech toys like robots and complex puzzles. Elijah Daddario is drawing with a 3D pen. So you can also make things from the, the kits themselves? That's Andy Shuck helping Elijah. He's the youth coordinator at Traverse Area District Library. Shuck says it's one of 22 different types of learning tools found in a STEM kit. We identified this a couple years ago as uh, a need for families uh, that they weren't able to get through, you know, all the time at school or um, after school. The STEM kits started at his branch two years ago. Now they're available in Elk Rapids, the TC East Bay branch, and Kingsley Libraries. Coding, geometric concepts, computer programming, physics, and anatomy are just a few of the concepts learned from toys and the kits. I did a dog in an elephant. One of the coolest ones is um, this squishy human body where the organs are all squishable and so kids can like stretch out the small intestines and see that it's longer than the entire body. That's Barb Termot who runs Newton's Road. The goal is now to raise more money to get the kits in 20 libraries across the region. Parents and kids can check out the STEM kits for free. For Sarah Flickinger, who has two daughters under seven, that's a win. It's a good way to kind of bring science into the house and make it interesting. She also loves that STEM toys go back to the library and don't stay in her toy collection. That's the show this week. I'm Noelle Riley. Peter Payette helped me produce the show. You can catch Points North on Interlochen Public Radio or listen online at pointsnorth.org.